What's up, everybody? It is electric. It's an electric Sunday afternoon uh, here on Granny's PhD, episode 79. Wow. We're almost going 79. <laughs> Not as exotic as 69, but if you think about it, it's still a wild <laughs> position. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's correct. That's, that's a great dash. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us on uh, a Facebook live stream. If you're joining us on YouTube, if you're joining us on Twitter, or wherever you found your podcast, we appreciate that. Hey, we got an alternative. I'm a football guy, but here's your alternative to watching Sunday football in the fall. Join us in some geeky goodness for a little while. Uh, but yeah, we got the electric boogie. If you've seen She-Hulk this week, and if you're watching this episode, I'm assuming you did, then that's our inspiration for the week. Because that's what we pick our music based on. Whatever the hell we catch during the TV show that we're watching or a movie. And I'm gonna say, if a Sunday, if a Sunday uh, afternoon show is is uh, you know just just not as good for you guys as our usual time, well, hey, it's in theme because weddings appear at the most worst time you could think of, just like the Sunday episode, right? Bravo. In line no, with She-Hulk. You're right. We're just popping up out of nowhere because that's how it is. So, uh, but yeah, we we appreciate it, and we have our new segment that's on the show that apparently I wake up thinking about on Sunday morning I don't know why but Granny's Gabagoo all right all right so let's get into it guys I'm on third I just started the third season of Sopranos and Maron what crazy stuff I'm gonna say this I got second season overall I thought was really good I had one <laughs> problem with it one problem with alone I thought uh big pussy's turn happens a bit too quickly for my taste but I guess I mean, Vavangul, what do you want to do, right? They got like six, seven episodes, do a, a story arc of 23. This is the 90s. I'm going to let it go. It was satisfying to watch Puss get killed. Uh, but now I'm going to tell you where I am today, Ed. And this is a seminal moment. It's an important moment. If it, you've heard me talk about the show at all, just before I watched this show and I was doing my laundry, uh, I'm watching the, the And who shows up? Fucking Joey Pants. Joey Pants is on the program. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. We're now on the trajectory where Joey Pants is going to kill his horse. I know He's the way him and Big Puss were the one person, the two people I knew how they, they ended because you know, back in the 90s, Big Pussy was killed. That was the media was able to say pussy on <laughs> you know, in front of everyone, so they all calmed on that, right? Big Pussy's killed. I didn't even know who fucking Big Pussy was, but there it was, he was dead in my face. But I watched Joey Pence kill that horse, guys, or I know I don't think I actually did watch it. I think I think they just talk about it, whatever. I don't even remember, but I know Joey Pence and the dead horse, and here he is. Um other notable things, uh, you know, um, uh, God bless his soul, but that horrible uh, woman that was Tony's mother's finally dead. Uh, Got to admit, hated her character, mostly because she reminds me of my mother. But also, um, really love that actress. And I want to say that uh, I, I actually do remember that uh, at the time she had gotten sick. And that's why she was kind of sidelined. 
and that's why she was kind of sidelined. Uh, and it was kind of sad to see her go just because she was, the character was such a strong presence that I hated so much that when she was not in season two and then, you know, when she eventually does pass because the actress passed, I was kind of sad about that. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's Granny's Gobble Ghoul for this week, guys. Thanks for joining. So hold, so hold on a second. So last week you watched – see, you do two seasons this week? Well, I watched uh, – no, no, I watched oh, – so you... I've been averaging a season a week because they're pretty short. Yeah, aren't they – Like nine episodes or ten yeah, episodes, right, if time. that. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, and that, but that's what I've been doing. Like, you know, after Finn goes to sleep, I come in here if I got no plans, and I kind of just binge that. So, nice. but I, I literally am on, I'm on like episode two of season three. So I literally just started it today. So I'm averaging a season a week. That's awesome. I mean, you're not going to have to deal with the rest of us dealt with was when they took hiatuses between seasons for uncomfortable amounts of time. Yep. I hated that shit. It turned a lot of people off to, to not wanting to come back. Because also, do you, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I never got into the show because I hated like here's three episodes and I wait six months for the next three. It's like get the fuck out of here. I don't want to watch it like that. Yeah, I mean the only show that I think I cut some slack for that is Curb Your Enthusiasm because mm-hmm. I mean Jason, we talked about it for forever. How much I love Seinfeld and stuff, and yeah. I ended up loving Curb Your Enthusiasm the same way because the way I see it as Curb Your Enthusiasm. Do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm or not? I did. I watched. Um, I never finished it. I watched maybe the first because it ran a while. But I watched the first couple seasons after the fact, and then I watched the last season because it was the Seinfeld reunion. Oh no, and no, it's still, dude, them. it's still going. It, was, it is still good because they re, they they brought it back, right? Yeah, they brought it. Well, that's what I was getting at. They're the ones who I cut the slack for because it's honestly they HBO just lets Larry David do whatever he wants, and it's like if he just feels like hey. I got another season. I mean, let's go. And that's kind of how it's announced very nonchalantly. And <laughs> every season ends where you could technically end it on that note. Okay. But he's just like, eh, I like doing the shows. I'll, I'll just keep doing it. No, but you're right. There was a huge gap. But now yeah. the last couple of years, it's been kind of consistent again. Oh, okay. Also, Sopranos, we're on edge of our seats. It's like a through lines that are with right. there are through lines through curve, but not like the same. You know, you can kind of pick it up whenever you want. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm watching this show, and the whole turn with Big Pussy happens, right? I'm going to be sitting there going, oh, my God, what's, like, in real time? I'm like, And then i got to wait months for it. Curb your enthusiasm. It's like, oh, did he just hire the guy who he thought was a Holocaust victim who just had a tattoo? I wonder yeah. how this is going to play out. But if, if I need to wait six months, I can live with that to wait to see how that plays out, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm just very much like, <coughs> I see it announced on Facebook, and I'll always share it because I get excited about it. Oh, Curb's coming back for, like, season 11. I'm like, all right, cool. And then the night I find it in my DVR, I'm like, all right, I got a half an hour of stuff to watch. And whenever it's there, it's there. And if it's not there, it's not there. But once the season does start, I do look forward to it every week. Yeah. And I just laugh my ass off at it, you know, constantly because, I mean, it's, it's genius. Well, it's so. like, it, because Larry David is George Costanza. And yes. let's not pretend that George Costanza isn't not just the best character on Seinfeld, but one of the top 10 best characters of TV of all time. Let's not pretend that's the fact. Yeah. And this is the, this is a show written by George Costanza and acted like, like pretty much. So it's like, yeah. how could you, how could it not be great? How could you not love it? it it's great. I just, I, I love it. Uh, JB Smoove is, is <laughs> and whenever, when he moved in with Larry, I just, I, he's my second favorite character in the show. Maybe sometimes <laughs> even the first, just the interactions with him and Larry are hilarious absolutely hilarious like there was a time where um 
Leon had to go on an interview. No, no, Larry went on an interview. And Leon's giving Larry David notes on how to go into an interview. And it's just, it's, just, it's, it's priceless. If you get a chance, check it out. Cause it's, I gotta, yeah. I gotta go back. I gotta go back. Cause again, like I watched first couple of seasons, then I watched that Seinfeld season. That's it. But yeah. it, it wasn't, it was never because I'll tell you exactly what it was. It wasn't that I didn't like it. It was that I was doing it at the time before it was streaming. That's how long ago it was. So I was yeah. getting the actual discs from Netflix oh, okay. And so I watched a couple of seasons and then I was like, ah, I don't know if I could. like so, so many things were opening up to streaming and then now it is streaming and I just haven't gotten back to it. So I don't know maybe that's where I'll go after sign uh, Sopranos. I was going to say maybe after and no she's those seasons are really short. Yeah. The curb seasons are extremely short. And the show's like well, a half an hour. Although if I go curb after Sopranos, then I am locking myself into something that I'm not sure if I'm ready to lock myself into because if I'm going to go two hbo shows uh-huh. uh-oh then i i have to i have to get into game of thrones yes i knew that's where it was going <laughs> oh my god dude please you can also give us these these updates on you can dude you got a whole thing here <laughs> I know, granny's thing is granny's got a goo and then with, with curve we can mix something we'll in figure there. something out <laughs> game all of right, thrones right. there's tons of it all right, all right. You know what? Let me let me get through the Sopranos. Let me see how I feel. I'm not going to make any promises, but it's 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 a high probability that that's how this is going to shake out because I always do love to have something to obsessively watch at the end of the night to shut my brain off. Yeah. So I mean, th- those are, per- but I don't know. I think Game of Thrones. You might start getting on the edge of your seat. You don't want to shut your brain off. I think you might get like dr- like drawn in, like really drawn into that. <laughs> Did I ever tell you why I didn't watch it? Game of Thrones. Did I ever tell you my ultimate reason why I never oh, went to it? This is going to be something crazy. I'm feeling. It, it always is. It always is. So, I, for one, I always hate when people tell me I got to watch stuff all the time. Like constantly, it makes me not want to do it. But even worse. So you know, you know Pete, right? Yeah. So we grew up together as a, a friend of ours, and he was someone that anytime I told him to watch something. He would do this all the time. He'd go, ah, now nah, that's and he'd find the stupidest reason. He'd be like, so I, I one times told him to watch um Bones, right? And he's like, ah, I don't know, like uh, the fake Deschanel and 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 then he had this whole thing, he'd never seen it, right? And and TV's angel just pretending he's still on Buffy, and I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Whatever. Yeah. Then you flash forward three, four years later, he's like, dude, I just found this great show, Bones. You ever heard of it? And I'm like, fucking punch him in the face my dude so when he he specifically came to me and said Uh you gotta watch game of thrones i went i don't know man dragons aren't my thing and he's like but they haven't had dragons and i'm like well that makes it even worse and so he kept trying to push it and at one point the way he pushed it was i mean you got peter dinklage he's like he's a dwarf and he's fucking all the time he's all of soul sex and i went yeah i could get that on certain places of the internet for free And so, like, I think it was the fact that I am just a stubborn, miserable bastard. I put it in my head. I'm never going to watch this show out of spite for my best friend. <laughs> um, I, but I'm, Rick is always telling me about shows. Steve, like, all the, everyone is telling me about shows. And my whole thing is just like, dude, I, now with Granny's PhD, I'm just like, we, we cover a lot of stuff. Oh, and yeah. I'm watching sports and doing God knows what. Like, I don't have time. I'm very much like that meme that was shared out recently, and I think I shared it on our Facebook page. Was in Winter Soldier, I am totally cap when there's when uh, what's um, fucking Falcon is going ahead and and Sam Wilson is telling him, "Oh, I'll put it on the list." Yeah, Yeah. I'll put it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll put it on the list. Yeah, okay. 
But Cat, but Steve Rogers would actually watch it. <laughs> he I'm would, just like, he would. yeah, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to it someday. See, my thing, my thing about TV shows when I say I'll put it on the list, it's just it's the same commitment I'm making when I buy a book. If I live long enough, I will get to it. But it all depends on how long I live. That, that's and that's a fair point. If I live for the next hundred years, I'll get to it all. The day will come. Right. It might be twenty years from now, but the day will come when I will right. watch this or I will read this. Exactly. <laughs> but but you know that day isn't today, nor is it going to be tomorrow. And I legitimately don't do it because I am like what you mentioned with Pete. Like I'm not trying to do that. I'm just like. If I'm genuinely interested, like Reacher, Reacher, there's a show on on Prime right. Video now, which has Hawk from Titans, who I loved okay. in Titans, yeah, and I cool. like the Jack, I like the first Jack Reacher movie that Tom Cruise did. The second one is awful; it is horrendous, and I like that idea. And I've heard great things about the show, but I'm like, get to it eventually. I, I don't know. I mean, there's like Game On, there's She Hulk, there's right. Andor, there's we have like a, it's a golden age of it's, tv man it's so much like that's the thing and i i started to feel this i'll tell you when i started to feel this when netflix first opened up their streaming this before the streaming wars happened so imagine how i feel now but yeah. i remember um having choice fatigue like i'm used to like okay what what can i narrow down that would be acceptable for me to watch right now on cable right because there's no choice there but yeah. once you can stream it's like wait 10 of my favorite things are on here. But then what happens is I go and I look and I go, uh, while I decide, I'll just, I don't know, watch this episode of Doctor Who again or I'll watch this episode <laughs> of Star Trek again. You know, I get choice fatigue. I know, I agree. And then like at night, like I usually try to go to sleep around like 11 o'clock or so and Seinfeld is on WPIX locally. Yep. So I'm like, eh, I'm going to watch something. Then it's, you know, the choice. The second I realize it's 11 o'clock, I'm like, I'm watching the next two episodes of Seinfeld and then I'll hopefully fall asleep by the that's, end of it. That's it. That's it, and that's that's why I love this show, doing this show, mm -hmm. because it'll it, because if I didn't do this show, I likely wouldn't be on top of this stuff as I am. I would wait, do what I always do, I'd wait till the end, watch it all together, yeah. um, just because of like, all right, well, I've got so much to watch, I've got so many choices, but this makes me direct it, right? I can look, I'll do it with Star Wars, I'll do it with my other fandoms, but I have to be on top of this, and I kind of yeah. like that. I like having to do it. <laughs> yeah, because I used to with the CW shows, I was horrible with that at one point. Like, Angie was like, come on, let's watch Flash. Let's watch this. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, there's like eight episodes by the time I get to it. And now right. I'm like feeling like I have to cram them all in so I can know what's going on. Right, exactly. So. All right. Well, that, that was fun. <laughs> let's, was fun. Uh, let's, let's kick it off. Let's, let's get all into right. our two. We only got two shows. So we got kind of some light content this week. Yeah. Um, speaking of CW shows, we got Stargirl Season 3, Episode 4. Um. And Jason, what do, what do we got for Stargirl this week? I mean, this is, again, a solid episode. Really enjoyed it. It furthers the whole theme of redemption. Uh, who's worth redemption? What does redemption look like? Uh, you know, so, of course, we've called this Starman Lives. No, I don't think any of us thought he was dead. No. Uh, and, we, and Dr. McNider comes back, and it's, cool. it's actually really cool. It's the first time we see uh, – Starman interacting with a former teammate, right? Because Stripesy is, was it, he never considered Stripesy his equal. He was the sidekick. Yeah. And and we've seen that in this season, but watching him with McKnighter, who's checking him out, and they're having a conversation, and McKnighter has this, he asks him, do you ever miss it? You know, and McKnighter has this great moment where he goes, no, I, I find I'm older, and I don't want to do this anymore, and I find way more 
um, appreciation and joy in training the, the new people, giving this to Beth and teaching her how to do it and sort of passing it on, which puts in Sylvester's head. And I think this is, I've said, this is where we're going throughout. Like, yeah. I think by the end of this, he's giving up Starman. Like, he's not going to be touching that staff. He's going to completely give the mantle over to Courtney. And I think that's that starts here because he brings it up later. Like, I don't know, maybe I should even be here. Um, so I really like that. We find out the reason he's alive is because um, the, the the cosmic staff imbued him with the cosmic power. So he's like an extension of the staff. He can't actually die, which yeah. I think is interesting. Yeah, because we didn't know. We were really kind of like speculating because they only gave us, oh, the staff brought him back. But now it's very interesting that he's getting more of that. And that's how he survived his uh, attacker last week that you know, has done whatever they've done because they are still they're doing a good job in keeping us because I just I genuinely don't know who the hell is attacking everybody and doing this whole thing. But what I found really interesting is since we're in such an era and we've been in an era where characters are and in the mainstream now is mainstream fans are learning that you can all these mantles are being passed on. There isn't just one yes. you know, and it's happening everywhere. Some people whine about it, some people understand it because they've actually picked up some comics before. And this is just, I thought it was interesting that they took a, a more in-depth look between McKnighter and looking at what Starman is dealing with, because he's also like more, he seems to be more accepting of passing on his mantle, but he's also like, what the hell am I going to do after that? Right. And I, we don't really get to hear a lot of that. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, you passed on your mantle, so whatever. And I, I like the fact they took some time to, to dive into that. Yeah, no, I really do too, and that, I think that's the that's the charm and that's the intelligence of this show is it. And we talked about it in season one, right? When we talked the when we were talking about season one, like at the end of that season one, the re, the reveal is the evil people doing evil things were doing it to try to create utopia, right? It kind of the show is really good at taking a concept and really making it real without making it dark, you know? Because in in reality, if you had a league of you know, villains like this, no one wakes up, even the worst people in the world don't wake up and say, I'm the villain, I'm going to do villainous things. They always have their own motivation, right? Yeah. And that's what that first season explored. And I like that this season is exploring, well, what does it mean for the person handing the mantle over? Like, we, as you said, we only ever see, like, here, here is the Iron Man helmet and suit. Okay, well, then what does Tony Stark, the human being, do after that if he doesn't just yeah. go and die, you know? And and, and that's and now we've set up Starman Sylvester. Well, he can't just go and die, right? Because he's kind of like impervious at this point. And he's getting to a point of passing on the mantle. And he doesn't know who he is. And, and it's exploring this great, like, you know, everyone else in the in the uh, JLA, um, they were someone outside of their character. They were doctors, professionals, scientists. And his thing is he was no one outside of Starman. And they kind of dive into a bit of his abusive history, like as a kid, right? He talks a little bit about his home life and, and stuff. So I, I, I think it's just top-notch psychological work into like these things, these tropes in comics we take advantage of and don't actually consider what it would look like in real life. Also, yeah, no, they, they are taking a good, a good look at that. And, um, I don't know, and, and Joe McHale does a great job. I mean, he's actually oh, been yeah. given, like, a lot to work with there, and he's, you usually see him as, like, just a comedic guy who's just a wise-ass and stuff like that, kind of like how Vince Vaughn was at one point. But right. now he's actually, like, getting to show some more of his acting chops, and I'm, I'm pretty impressed by it. 
Yeah, no, I'm very impressed. I've I've always liked him. I liked him a lot in Community, but he's really showing acting chops that he wasn't able to before. And I really hope that this leads to a, you know like kind of a, a serious career for him because in this, I, like he's not playing, he's not joking. He's a serious character, and I think he's really good at it. I'd like to see him expand his range in his career. Yeah, because I thought that Starman was just going to be forgotten about, and he was just going to be portrayed as like an asshole that kind of like treated Stripesy like shit. And that was going to be the last we were going to see. Oh, and then he died. But now like they're taking the time to like really do so much more with him. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, it's awesome. And I think it's awesome too, that they hearken back mm -hmm. to those moments of him treating Stripesy like shit. We've seen it just last, you know, just not this episode, but the episode before when he's like, you're my, you know, uh, sidekick and that's how it is. And, you know, so I like that they took the character, they took what we saw of the character and then they fleshed it out to a real person and in a show, in it, and I want to point out in in a comic book based CW show, that's amazing. Like that, that's real attention to character and detail and writing, and you know, and that's I think that's what I appreciate about the show. It's not all spectacle. Like you know, the Flash at times was great, but at times it's also spectacle. And yeah. you know, a lot of could be said about the those show those shows that were on. Like uh, some were good, some were not. A lot of it was superhero spectacle, and this is kind of like there's some of that, but it's 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 only in the service of exploring the reality of what it would be like to be in this situation. And and again, I just cannot say enough good things about this show. Yeah, and anyone who if you haven't given the show a chance because it's a CW show, because we say it a lot here, and I just continue to stress that you know Star Girl, they get the Blue Valley vibe from like the trailers and stuff like that and the commercials mm -hmm. where it's just like oh hunky dory and like there's not but there's there's so much more to the show if you give it a shot that i can't yeah. imagine any like fan of this genre can possibly not like this i right. just yeah, I, yeah. I don't know it's 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 way more than i ever thought it was gonna be that's same for sure. for sure same i i would not have watched it if it wasn't for this show because of exactly what you said, like the Blue Valley vibes, and I was like, I don't know, this just seems weird to me. But like, so that's the thing. If, if you're if you're in that that position, like, I don't know, this seems weird. I don't know if I'd like it, but you like stuff like this, I'd give it a shot. Um, oh, two things. We've got two things before we move on, because uh, there are two other important reveals. Um, I have I have a written because I forget the guy's name, but Iceman's kid. I know his name is an Iceman. What is he? Um, Icicle, Ice Dirk, like. Is he, yeah, it's it's Icicle. That was his father's That's name. That's it. Yeah, and yeah, his son. I I can never remember this dude's name. Either. I don't remember his name either. But we see him training with the grand with his grandmothers and grandfather, who you know we know were part of you know the whole plot and then are evil. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I also like the fact that it's not just passing the mantle to the good guys. The bad guys are also passing the mental. The grandparents are like, okay, our son's dead. The work still needs to be done. Let's pass this mantle and train up our uh, grandson. Uh, so I really like that. And then at the re they reveal at the end who the big villain is, and I'm kind of liking this, and I, I don't know if we called it last week, but I, I definitely have been suspecting it, but it's Dragon King is back. And, well, we never saw the body, guys. <laughs> so I want to ask you about that, though. Uh-huh. And I don't know if this is me over-speculating it. So they show um, Dragon King's daughter in the chair, and she's got, mm -hmm. like, the shoulder of the skin, because the whole thing is Beth finds this um, evidence through the goggles at the crime scene that shows, and it matches Dragon, skin, Dragon King's DNA. And that's why they track it back to me. They think they all saw, they're all speculating 
he's back, he's back, and is his daughter working with him or not? Because she's trying to be part of the JSA and turn over a new leaf, and like they mentioned, like second chances and stuff. But then I kind of feel like they threw us that quick curveball of her because she's been experimented on a bunch, but yet she mm -hmm. has she might have the same DNA as him, and that's why I think they're trying to get the viewers to at least be like, oh well, it might actually be her. She might be really the villain. Right. So. Do you think it's do you think it's her or do you think it is Dragon King is back? So I've been giving a lot of thought to this, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I 100% think Dragon King is back, and here's why, <clears throat> right? Because they this show is great at misdirect. Yeah. This show is going to want us to speculate, and they've they've given us enough clues, right? Like either either Dragon King is back and he's working with Cindy, or Cindy's working with him, or Cindy is Dragon King. But the theme that I believe that they're operating on is redemption. Who gets redeemed? How it that happens? Who deserves it? What does it mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And if that is your theme and as smart as this show is in its writing, I think having dragon King come back, what's the one and only way that even, <coughs> um, even the, the wild cat is, and, and Minuteman are going to believe or our man are going to believe that Cindy is really reformed, and that is if she genuinely helps them destroy her or end her father's plan. So yeah. that's what I think is being set up. I think they're setting up the the Cindy redemption arc. And I think all of the shady stuff with her having the gambler's laptop and stuff, because she's the one who leaked a lot of this stuff to like anonymously to Beth through the goggles. So I think everything Cindy is doing is trying to prove herself, but she's a villain who knows she's not trusted, so she's doing it like in a shady way and i think that this this all this whole arc is going to be she needs to help end her father to prove that she is G jsa material and if it gets picked up for season four we start with she's not a villain she's an actual member that that's where i think this is going i'm with you i agree i just wanted to throw it out there just to see <clears throat> where where it's at with that but yeah, I agree with you. I don't think I think it would be kind of weird if they they made her the the next grand villain because they're almost like putting her back on the chorus of what we all thought was going to happen last season. Right. Um, and what was happening, like you know, she was the main villain until Eclipso yeah. fucked her over. But and, and I think the, the the reason that we're the reason that the show has given us to to doubt the you know that she's the real villain is, and I forgot about this, but Courtney has this moment where she says, "No, I was in her memory." She doesn't love her father. Her father treated her like garbage. Like he was yeah. abusive. Like I'm paraphrasing, but I forgot that she actually why she is so in Cindy's corner is that she was in her head. She saw some of her memories. And I think, you know, for Cindy to wind up being the bad guy makes Stargirl Courtney, the leader of the group, look foolish. And I also think they're not gonna do that. Like if Courtney's backing her and all this stuff is there, I think that's the trajectory of this season. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Um, the two things I wanted to point out too was so we also Courtney and Icicle Jr. over there finally have their big first kiss moment, oh, which yeah, they right. kept on going away from because he does this like weird throughout the episode. He's like this, he has this ice that he creates and stuff, and these rooms where there's like snow everywhere and stuff. And he's about him correcting his power, and he doesn't know he doesn't want to hurt her, and he thinks he could. Right. And obviously, she's resisting saying the words because, like, come on, you're not gonna fucking star girl like what the hell yeah um, <laughs> yeah calm down there junior you know like it's not really gonna happen um so we do get that because they were like toying with that for like a season and a half and stuff um and then the other thing is pat makes starman a new suit oh, he yeah, makes Sylvester right. a new suit that. and 
they're going to go and do the whole thing and everything like that. But then at the end, though, him and Pat have a nice moment where he's just like, dude, let's just be a mentor. Let's pass on our mantles. Just join me in being another mentor. Maybe he does. He gives up Star Man, and maybe he goes under another moniker. And I, I don't know. Or like you said, maybe he retires and finds his own thing. I don't know. I don't know much about the actual comic history of Star Man. Yeah. So I, to me, it's fun to be wide open and not really know. No, for sure, for sure. And and, and that's the thing. They, they've left by making Sylvester himself blessed with the cosmic power. They've opened it up for him to be his own superhero somewhere else without the staff. So, you know, they've given him the option to pass the mantle and still re- become remain a superhero. I personally would like to see them explore what it looks even if he even if Joel McHale leaves because I'm sure that the plan is not him to become a series regular if it keeps running after the third season. But yeah. and I keep saying if because of the whole shakeup with WB and the, I agree. The, yeah, it would be a shame. I, I'm, I'm, I would be pissed if this. I would get be pissed up. too. Like I would, out of all the CW shows on right now, with maybe maybe the exception of Superman and Lois, because I think I like them both the same. Like this is the one I want to see, but but also Superman and Lois is in no danger. Like that's that's actually the one that's a hundred percent safe because yeah. that that has been gotten such buzz and been doing so well. So you know I, I'm just really hoping they continue this because they're doing such good stuff. But if they do, um, I certainly would like to see Sylvester kind of go off and find who he is as Sylvester and not Starman, you know, because that's the whole point. He knows who he is as a superhero. He doesn't know who he is as a human being. He can be Moon Man. Star <laughs> Girl and Moon Man. <laughs> I don't know. That's a terrible name. They'll definitely don't use that ever. <laughs> moon Knight is so much cooler. <laughs> it, is, it is, but it's taken, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, pretty much our, our feature of the week is uh, She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 6. So I I found it funny that, like, I didn't watch this show actually until, uh, was it? It was later in the day on Because, you know, I try to, like, watch it immediately before yeah. I scroll on Twitter or Facebook and get any kind of spoiler. But I did see there was people, like, upset that Murdoch didn't appear because where we left, off, left last episode. But I actually like the fact that this show seems to be in Marvel's anticipating... The and they're playing with the whole online outrage, the stupid outrage that they're having, and I think it's hilarious. Because mm-hmm. when Jen is like, you know something, I know what you're thinking, but guess what? This is a self-contained wedding episode. <laughs> yes, it was almost like they anticipated the people losing their shit over it, and they were one hundred percent correct. I was actually going to ask you this, Ed, because I don't know this, but you might. Mm-hmm. How far? Like, when did they film all of this? Oh, um, my guess has got to be, was it late last year? Okay. So uh, they literally know their audience so well that at every step of the way have been able to predict how certain people in the fandom will react so they could troll them from the past. Yes, that's, that's correct. <clears throat> Because, like, they're this and then, you know, something that comes up later when they go on that anti-She-Hulk site, like, I'm, like, that's, that's Twitter. That's, you know, that, that's whatever other ridiculous social media account where people go on and bitch about this show. And it's like, they, like, how, I mean, I don't know, how, how did they know? Well, because they've been doing this a long time and people are people. But, like, I just am so astounded by how well they predicted what people were going to say. Mm-hmm. that they were able to respond to it before it was said. 
Yeah, and it's is if now you could also look at it as does that portion of the fan base there are they just that predictable at this point? I, I think so. I, I kind of seem like it, it is. Yeah. So there are there are two. I, I'll put it in terms because I, I feel like I want to talk about this show now in the terms that the show talks about itself. So because it's very meta, very self-referential. You got the A plot and the B plot. Yes. So the A plot usually revolves around Jen, obviously, because this show is She-Hulk. So in the A plot, she goes ahead and she is invited by a random person who's and then invites her to a wedding, be a bridesmaid and everything like that, and come go ahead and you know come join us. Someone who she hasn't spoken to a while but feels obligated to be part of the wedding party, which. We all have been there. We've all been invited to weddings, and some people sometimes you go because you feel obligated. Sometimes you're like, No, I genuinely know this person on a regular, so that's fine. But Jen goes because she kind of feels obligated to go. And and they, by the way, they treat her the bride and the bride, the other bridesmaids treat her like shit. And I did not yes. understand why. I don't know because, and I and I don't, and I and so the bride, the way that they paint the bride in this episode. Was it, I, I found it funny because it's almost like, yeah, we invited you, but you're going to kind of like actually do the bridesmaids work right. while we're all kind of like drinking and doing whatever and blah, blah, blah. And she gets kind of like shit on for that. And I don't, yeah, I don't guess I don't fully know the reason for it, but I almost just feel like it was just a trope within the group. Right. That they were just like, oh yeah, we're going to be this. And she also acts because Jen shows up as she, which is this. great. She gets all the attention, and a bride literally says, it's my day. Like, can you not be She-Hulk? And, you know, <laughs> Jen's been dealing with some interesting stuff over the course of the last few episodes of her battling with her alter ego. And almost kind of like maybe not an alter ego, like as one. Right. Like, I, that's the thing. I think she's – her journey is realizing that these two different-looking versions of herself are both versions of herself. You know, yeah. and I think that that's what last week's episode was about, about the name and her actually, because she doesn't just fight for the name because of the job. She actually does care a little bit. You know, she is starting to warm up and she has a moment <clears throat> when she gets there and has that whole conversation with the bride where she does brace the fourth wall, which has grown on me a lot. I think they use it oh, very well. Yeah. Um, but she looks and she's like, well, of course, it's the one time I want to come as She-Hulk. Of course, it's the one time I want to be impressive, you know, because, because again, Jennifer doesn't feel that she is impressive. She yeah. has to be this other person. And I think she's she's toying with the idea of, well, this is a part of me. I can use this. I it could it doesn't have it could be an extension of me, not a different person. Yeah, and, and the bridesmaids are all fawning over her when she shows up. Like, oh, I think one of them literally says, "Even your ass looks great now," and all of this yeah. other stuff. And she's she's wearing the clothes like that were made for her the week before, and apparently Which some of good. it was just like regular. And they do tease her She-Hulk superhero outfit, but they don't show it yet because I think they're just waiting yeah. on that for her to like really break into action. Even like Tim was talking about last week, like her to do like true She-Hulk things, like battling mm -hmm. the villain who. I want that you mentioned, you alluded to a little bit, and I wanted to talk about that as part of the the A plot here is Intelligentsia. That's yeah. thrown out there. And honestly, I didn't realize this until I had done a little bit of reading to it. So Intelligentsia is a super super villain group in the comics, which Modoc is a part of. Ooh. And so is the leader. And 
you know, there, there's a lot to it. And Oh, so maybe that's why we're getting the leader in New World Order, because it's more intelligentsia than just the leader. That's really, I'm sorry, I jumped, you were going. No, no, so no, no, sorry. Jason, go with it. No, it's fine. We, it just, we can it, share the same brain with it, because that's literally, it's fine. Because it literally, what I'm saying. It, was, it all makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. As you were saying that, my brain clicked, and I went, because you remember, I, I think I said it on here, and I said it to you, and I said it to Walter at work, because him and I are always talking about this. Mm -hmm. uh, like, the leader feels like a weird choice Very for your weird. first Falcon America. And, yeah. that, and that's not disrespectful. It's just when you hear Captain America, you think original. Yes. I just want to make clear what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, it felt weird to me that you're not going with like a classic Captain slash Falcon America villain from the comic and you're going with a Hulk villain. But now this makes a little more sense, right? This is because intelligentsia is kind of like Hydra, right? Like it, it, in the sense that it's invasive and it's more of a systematic thing. So it is. And then they also, like you mentioned, they make it like it's a site. Like it's like the whining babies of the fandom, that portion of the fandom that we talk about is there because they show there's like kill She-Hulk, cancel her, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And that's the site that they use, but it's not, it can't be um, a, a coincidence that we're getting all no. these villains that are part of Intelligentsia. No. So there is that. And also, big thing, Intelligentsia was mentioned in Age of Ultron. Because the third Jesus. member, the third member of Intelligentsia is Ulysses Claw, who is dead in the MCU, but yeah. he's mentioned, uh, so there's a part in Age of Ultron where they're doing, like, they're looking at, like, a report like a bio on Ulysses Claw, and it says former member of Intelligentsia. That's insane that they just like set this stuff up. It's nuts. When I That's when I crazy. had this, when I looked into this, I'm like, holy shit. This is why in Marvel we trust. Because they just like pulled that retroactively out of their asses. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. Like, they're so good at setting these things up. And look, sometimes they drop wires, but like also, it's it's at this point because you know, look, Marvel has the MCU is a shelf life. We've all said that eventually, yeah. like the Western, we're all gonna everyone's gonna okay. We've done everything we can do here. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I Marvel and the MCU is like me with books and media. If they live long enough, it will all make sense and be covered up. You know, <laughs> like and so that's the thing is so what at this point we talked about the leader was a, a loose thread. Well, now we're what a decade later and they're they're tying that loose thread up. So it's like I don't know. Is, is there a such thing as a loose thread until the MCU is done? Yeah, I think that's they, my new question. I think that's a fair point. And I'm going to say is that you're, I, I think you're right. There are no loose threads because they can apparently they're willing to go back and pick them up and do something really cool with them. And then right now, like we have our minds blown. That is just right. like, oh, wait, they're tying it. It's all connected. That was their old hashtag. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was on. It was like, it's all connected. And it, it legitimately is. Like, it's, it's, it's for real. So, yeah, so they pretty much go ahead and, and that's this version of an intelligentsia that we're dealing with. And it also appears that there's also on there someone called Hulk King, with like a little crown emoji there, who seems to be the person that, at least they're alluding to, that might be behind this whole intelligentsia, at least right now, maybe a member that's behind what we see in this episode, because they do go back to a few episodes ago when she gets jumped and the people are trying to get her blood and get her whole thing. Which the wrecking is crew the wrecking <laughs> trying to crew. get her blood. Yeah, the wrecking wild. crew's working for this. Maybe they're a part of Intelligentsia, but that's where it seems like this is all tying into, which I thought was cool, because as much as we're enjoying the sitcom format of She-Hulk Attorney mm -hmm. at Law, 
We also were. This is a Marvel show, also. Yeah. So there has to be a big bad and a main villain and a whole through line, and it seems like that's starting to come to the forefront now. Um, yeah. No, and I, I'm really appreciating that as well uh, because I, I'm with you. I'm enjoying these these one offs. Well, not one offs. They're all connected, but you know, I was worried because every one of these, like the first, I'd say that because the first four, everyone, the first four had a prominent, like, hey, you know the Hulk. Hey, you remember Abomination. Hey, yeah. here's Wong. Here's Wong again. Uh, and even last even last episode, it was, um, you know, here's, hey, the Daredevil tease, right? But I, I'm always worried, like, can this show, if it wasn't for these teases and these things, would, would I like the show as much? But, like, yes, intelligentsia is a big thing, but not as big as I would say what we've got. It's not something that I would say the episode hinged on no. or, you know, or even every fan would have gotten, you know, whereas this is the other stuff every fan would have gotten. So my worry about can this show stand on its own without leaning on other things, but this episode did. I don't think this episode leaned on anything. No, uh, not, not at all. And I, <clears throat> and I think that was the point, right? It's the standalone. It's the wedding. It's the one that goes, they, they tell us that. And, and I and I'm, I was happy to see that it was able to stand on its own, not sort of falling back on other Marvel things. Great. Um, but then when Jen is at this wedding, she meets this dude who, like, she seems to genuinely like her as <coughs> Jen. And I, and I thought of you when you said that because we're all kind of like, right? Listen, everyone keeps shitting on her, but attractive woman, like, just seems Stop. like cool. Like, what, what are we talking about here? Stop! I'm I'm inc- I have an incredible crush on on, <laughs> on Jen, not she old Jen. I mean, Jesus, she's an attractive woman. She's smart. She's funny. Yeah. Probably drinks more than I do. I mean, who the hell? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but yeah, but I was so happy to actually see someone hitting on her and not like, hey, can you turn into she old and being creepy? Like, and he was charming. Like, you know, what what did you expect to do here? Well, did you get a plus one? Nah, I didn't. Uh, whatever. My plan was just to come up to an attractive woman eating candy nuts and. There she is eating candy. Like, I know I really like that. I listen. The guy had game. He did. He, he did. I'm like, listen, bravo, my friend, because you're, you're doing a nice job right here. So, having said that, Angie threw this idea out to me. I did not. So I'll give her kudos on that. Do we think he's with Intelligentsia? Oh, I hope not. He might I be. Hope not I hope not. But I was like, man, Angie, that's a really, like, devious idea right there like damn like it's it's funny me and you were kind of like damn all right it's cool it's happy jen's getting her moment <laughs> meanwhile my wife is the one who's like i don't know man like are, are we like, is he behind is he mischievous now and kind of like really fucking over give her a break man oh that's hysterical well i think for me i was like the reason that didn't dawn on me because i'm like come on about fucking time if i were at this wedding that would be, i'd be pushing that guy to the side you know? for sure it's, like, <laughs> it's not time but like but yeah she's right this might be this might be setting up for something else and i mean look it would be interesting story-wise but character-wise for jen i don't think she can handle that just another blow to her ego another person who just wants her as she hulk yeah, that's that would be messed up. But I, I'm not because I don't think I'm not going to absolutely dismiss it. It mm. would be it would be something, but it'd be almost Me like either. Peter. It would be like Peter Parker stuff that goes on here, like the Parker yeah. luck, where he yes. constantly gets shit on from every angle. Yes. And that's how we felt like Thor has gotten it in the MCU, where it's just like, dude, when you when is enough enough for this guy? <laughs> just, can we get a break, please? Can these yeah. guys have a timeout from misery? Yeah, come on. Um, but uh, another big thing happens where. So 
Titania also shows up to this wedding and plays nice at first because she knows that she's invited. But then, of course, she's just like, you know, it's just pushing Jen. It was like when Jen is drunk, which I found interesting because she's going ahead and pushing Jen around and wants to fight her. And previously, <laughs> Jen jumped to the gun and was like, you're only here to fuck with me. And she's right. like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just here. What are you talking about? You're crazy. And then eventually she reveals, no, I'm here to fucking kick your ass. Yeah. And that's kind of what it is. I said it wasn't over. Don't you remember that? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But what I found <laughs> out, and I don't think this is, I'm pretty sure they're going to set this up for something, is the fact that she has trouble changing because she can change on command. She has trouble changing when she's drunk, apparently. Yes. Yep. Because as She-Hulk, she doesn't get drunk because of metabolism, but they've, they've set up that Jen gets drunk. And if she doesn't stay in She-Hulk form, Jen gets the hangover from She-Hulk's drinking. They established yep. that. So I think, it's, I think it's super interesting that they've now put another layer that it's hard for her to change. And I wonder, like, how many episodes we got left? Two or three? Uh, that was, this is six. I think we're you know, supposed to be nine. I think we only got three episodes left. Okay, three episodes left. So I'm curious if they're going to introduce, like, in this season, or I'm assuming it'll get a second season, uh, like, if there's going to be a drinking problem or something, because she does drink a lot. She's a big partier. That is part of She-Hulk's thing in the comic, of her party drinking, right? Um, and so they're taking great pains to establish the rules of the transformation and, and how drinking and being drunk works. I wonder if they're setting up for a more serious kind of, you know, uh, ex exploration to alcohol, like we get in the Tony Stark run, Demon in a Bottle, you know? Yeah, correct. Or, though, because She-Hulk is usually She-Hulk in the comics. Mm. Like, Moni just She-Hulk. Like, she just kind of, like, is. I I'm, do wonder if that's where they're heading with all of this, that she's getting, all of this is going to add up to her being like, I'm She-Hulk, and that's it. This, this is just gonna be me. I'm gonna go party drinking. I won't have to worry about a hangover. I won't have to worry about all of this. Like maybe I kind of just need to be on guard 24/7. I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. It's a possibility, but I also think yeah. that that might not look great for the whole gen thing that we're, we were just talking about. It's like, yeah, she kind of like pushes that to the side. I don't know. I think like it makes sense in the comic for her just to be She-Hulk because. We're not doing, like, in, unless we're going out specifically with the task of doing social commentary heavy lifting, you know, which they do do, uh, in have done in comics forever. I mean, mm -hmm. even if it's not successful, let's remember the episode where, episode, the, the run or the, the, the book where um, uh, Lois Lane becomes black and, you know, yeah. lives, and, and that was supposed to be a groundbreaking, like, hey, let's look at it the other side. And, you know, now it doesn't age so well. But the whole point is, is like, I think television shows and movies have more responsibility to do moral heavy lifting than comic books do. And I think if the end goal, and this was a good thing in the show's eyes, was Jen decides to just be She-Hulk and sort of ignore what they have set up in that character is who she perceives herself to be. Because we talked about this, right? She's Jen, and She-Hulk is how everyone wants her to be. Yeah. Right? And so if she retreats into the fantasy of She-Hulk, and that is lauded as a good thing and isn't like the struggle of season two to get out of that, then I, I, then I would have a problem with it, to be honest with you, because it sends a lot of bad messages, and I think 
I, I again, I don't think there's anything wrong with Jen Walters the character, and to no. to end to end this season with well, now I'm just going to be She-Hulk forever, and we're all happy about that, and that's good. Serves the action part of these movies, but it doesn't serve the character sort of psychological stuff, which is part of what I come to these things for. It's not always huge, you know, doesn't even exist in Thor Love and Thunder, but when it does exist, that's what I come for, and it is here. So I'm hoping they don't go that route, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, or they do the typical, well, always at one point it was a trope where in comic book movies where at the end of the first movie, the person's so happy to be the hero, and they're like, all right, let's go, let's do this. And then in the sequel, like Spider-Man 2, it's about him like, Ah, I lost my powers. Right, I, I'm depowered now. I'm going away from it and stuff. And then they learn like to be both, or you know, whatever they're gonna, they're going to take this. But that's what I'm hoping. I hope I hope where because you know at this point like we're locked into what's going on. I don't think we're getting anything too crazy, like you know, plot wise uh, from here on in. We're setting the next thing up. But I hope in season two, I, I do hope it's what you think, what you said. Like she ends going, okay, I'm the hero, and then that second season is her actually coming to terms with that means and realizing that their balance needs to be struck, which, as you said, that's Spider-Man 2. It's why it's such a great yeah. movie. <clears throat> so that's pretty much like Jen, Jen's thing throughout this episode. And then we get the other, the B-plot, which is Mr. Immortal. So Mr. Immortal <laughs> shows that. up, and he's a character who, in the comic books, apparently, by the way, was a founding member of an Avengers team. What? Yes. Um, was he a good was, guy? Yes. Apparently, he well, he was. He formed his own smaller Avengers team. Where I be- I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was... I'm sorry. I just want to make sure that I don't get it incorrect. Was It is the Great Lakes Avengers. Wait a minute. It's like so a Midwestern Avengers thing. So the whole time... I've been shitting on the West Coast Avengers for being the most inferior Avengers when the Salt Lake Avengers are on the books. Rick, if you're watching, you have my heartfelt apology for shitting on your favorite team because I didn't know the Salt Lake Avengers existed. Well, the and the interesting thing is that this Avengers team is a spinoff of the West Coast Avengers. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Yes, of course it is. <laughs> I feel a so, bit vindicated, but I still apologize. <laughs> yeah, so Mr. Immortal, pretty much his thing is like, yes, he's immortal, but he dies. And he goes ahead and he has this whole court case because he's going to the firm to be defended. And it was just like, well, you know, I have all these ex-wives, and I think there's actually an ex-husband is one of there's them. an ex-husband, there. yes, there is. And he gets bored, and he fakes it. He pretty much kills himself. Yeah. Whatever way he's gonna die to get out of it, but then they all line up and they were like, Listen, we've all found out all your shit, which is what they stumble upon with uh intelligentsia, and that's how they get some of their information there about him, and that's where they have this entire court case with Mr. Immortal trying to figure out and, and to handle his whole thing, which is an extremely funny subplot. And he goes at and literally throws himself out the window at one point. I know so, I love that because it was uh, uh, the, car- the 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 lawyer and the um the assistant lawyer I don't remember anyone's names except for Jen and She Hulk but uh, and Titania those are the only two names I remember but um I love when they're like when he's like you're supposed to you're supposed to be nice to me and they're like no we're supposed to defend you and we are but we're <laughs> judging you because you are wrong and they get they get into it and he just 
gets up very nonchalantly, walks over to the, the, the window and dives out. And I think it's the assistant who goes, now I know how all of his ex-wives feel. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to ask you something too, as, a, as, a, as, as I like the Simpsons, but I know you're a much larger, bigger yeah. Simpsons fan than I am. Did you ever, did you think of that moment in the Simpsons where the guy, the PTA meeting and the guy jumps out the window and it kind of jumps back in? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I always yeah. flash back in. Like the PTA is disbanded or something like that. Ah! Oh, no, they're back. Oh, okay. Okay. That's true. I can see that. <laughs> oh, wow. He, he's sensing us, by the way. <clears throat> wow. So Rick's in Tampa. He, he's at the Rays game. And, of course, we mentioned the West Coast Avengers or the Great Lakes Avengers. And, of course, Rick's fucking son, sonar radar picks it up somehow <laughs> that we're talking about. It. But, yes. That's- that's one of Rick's many superpowers, because my personal theory is Rick is a, a superhero that we just don't know. Well, he has superpowers. I don't know what he does with them. You know? I mean, I, I got to go could Rick, be all but, over the place. I mean. You know, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But, <laughs> but I think part of his superpower is he gets that he gets the tingle when someone's talking about the West Coast Avengers or a lesser Avengers group. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he, I think he might be trying to form the St. Pete Avengers. <laughs> oh, God, look. I'm in, Rick. I'm in. I want to be on the St. Pete Avengers. I'm there. I'll move to St. Petersburg to be an Avenger. <laughs> so, yeah, and, that, and that's where the subplot, the two plots are tied together through Intelligentsia and, and that whole thing up there. Um, so, that's hence. And no, oh, by the way, this episode, last episode, in episode five, no post credit. I was no loving the fact that they had post credit every, every show, but now it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, they're trolling us, right? They want to make us wait. I always look. I always look. Like, There's no way I can't look. Every Marvel property, I keep pushing it and fast-forwarding until, like, yeah. they start turning to, like, the the other languages that they have the yep. credits in. Then I'm like, okay, now we're safe. And I want to be clear. I always look knowing that someone like yourself or Alex, uh, who's on the group, who will watch it before me, will post and say, post credit scene, right? <laughs> like, And I still look, even when I don't say, see that, just because... Just in case, it might be there. There's a chance, but I, I kind of want them to come back. I mean, you got the last three episodes. Now you had me like in, the, in my groove with the whole post credit scenes. And nah. I think we're definitely getting a post credit scene in the last episode. And I think that might. I'm going to give you my theory right now. It could be completely wrong, but it's it's yeah. look. But I'm going to say this isn't this isn't a mojo theory. This is a real theory. I'm not just <laughs> maybe being a jerk and making fun of people here, but um, I think the post credit scene we get the leader in the last episode. I think. I think the lead because I do think the leader is behind trying to get her blood, as we discussed. Mm-hmm. Especially now that we know he's the in a new world order, intelligentsia has been set up. I think that post-credit scene from the last episode of this show sets up leader and maybe even new world order. That's okay. my theory. Okay. I like that. Uh, and one one other thing I wanted to mention with this episode was I found the shirts because we talked about the CGI. Regarding when she's in mm-hmm. She-Hulk form, for me, I kind of noticed that when she was outdoors and stuff like that, and like daytime or for whatever reason is, the po- I thought the CGI when she was because my whole knock is when she moves, when she's walking mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, it seems like it's a little just not natural. I thought it looked outstanding in this episode. She, I was yeah. like buying it way more. I thought I'm maybe they're cleaning it up as the season's going on or something like that, but I thought it was exceptional. Yeah, I thought it was too. Um, yeah, my like my thing with the CGI is I think body shots and sort of 
away shots look tend to look good. It's when you get close up that I tend to find moves. off like it's yeah. when she moves, and I'll be honest with you, at times when it's a close-up on her face and she's talking, sometimes it's not that it looks terrible. It's not that I'm like, oh, my God, I can't watch this. Course, but yeah. every now and then, like her mouth or she has a facial feature that just doesn't seem realistic. And I'm like, that's a CGI. But having said that, like, I don't know. It's so it's a, such a small amount of times. It's just that I think I've become so used to CGI looking completely and utterly 100% flawless, but I'm also not used to watching people try to do this, where they are creating a character completely from CGI based on another character that stars in the show, you know what I mean? Like, because it's the, tough. the Hulk, it's tough. The Hulk in the movies, he doesn't, he he re- resembles Bruce Banner in the sense that sometimes he's got grayish hair if it's Mark Ruffalo or whatever, right? But like, mm-hmm. The Hulk is just a mat or, or abomination, or whatever. They don't really look like their human counterparts. They're just v- rendered CGI masses, right? But they're doing, they're trying to do something specific in here and something that I don't think that has been done a lot where they have a, you know, a lot of practice at it, where they're trying to give you this show where she exists and she is not just a blob mass of CGI, that she is the actual character you're following and this is who you have to really put get yourself behind and i think that this to execute cgi to make facial expressions and movements to of humanistic creatures like she because she looks not an animal she hulk is if she wasn't green she'd be a bodybuilder oh for sure you know i mean that's it and so i think because she's so humanistic and more humanistic than they try to do prolonged CGI. There are these little bl- bubbles and flubs, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this: knowing MCU, once she appears in more things and once they use her more, they'll get that shit under control, and and that will not be a problem anymore. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Whenever because we're gonna see her in the movies, she'll probably be in Avengers: Secret Wars or you know the Kang mm-hmm. Dynasty and stuff like that. Because that just seems to be they want to bring these TV these characters that are introduced in the Disney Plus shows into the MCU because they want the MCU to be fluent back and forth and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Whenever we see her appear in whatever movie is going to be her debut, it'll be it'll be spot on. It will Perfect. Be. They've already worked it out. She'll be a member of the Avengers and stuff. And or she, hell, she maybe she even pops up in Captain America: New World Order if the leader's involved. I don't know. She might. I mean, that's the thing. They they open up so many so many avenues, and and I have to admit that I. I the MCU has found a way around giving us constant origin movies, right? Like, yeah. and I, I like it. I'm here for it because how many, again, how would we say how many times we got to see the Waynes, the Waynes be murdered and the pearls break, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't, we don't need, and someone like Moon, like Moon Knight or She-Hulk or Captain Marvel. It's like, I, I actually would rather have seen their origin play out the way it did because in a movie it wouldn't have been as rich it would have been rushed and then it would have just been setting up for the sequel to where we get to the real adventure and i find that doing this in a movie you can do the first episode is your this is your origin and now we can give you a real story outside of the origin with this character and then transition to the movie so i i know a lot of people don't like having to be able having to watch like like you know the, the, the people who hate the show because of all the different reasons they keep watching it because they have to if they want to watch the next thing and i think that's part of what pisses them off but it's like i you know so people like that don't like it but 
to be honest, I think it's a better way of storytelling here because we get the origin out of the way. We get a fun story with the origin, and then we get to see them in a movie where they get to do some top-notch things. And I, I don't, I applaud the MCU for trying for figuring out a way around the or, the constant origin story movie. Yeah, because it just seems like it's you know, person had person is there. They're not like they they're good at heart, but like maybe they don't have a whole package. They get into an accident, they get superpowers, and now they're they got a costume, and now they're fighting. But right, you know, there's there's a lot more to the there's a lot more to to the, these characters and these heroes that we need to have over time to keep this interesting as well, you know, because otherwise it would just be like you know just the basic formula. Which I do think there are some people who are like, oh, it's comic book formula, but if you really watch it, it's not. There's no really formula to a lot of these things. They've changed it up and turned it on its head a bunch of times. And that's why it keeps us coming back because, you know, it, it's yeah. it's always something fresh. Exactly. They're always trying to reinvent and sometimes it works better than others. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think any of us are standing here saying every MCU movie is the greatest thing ever made. Oh. Uh, but, you know, but when they when they're able to reinvent and they hit it out of the park, it's fantastic. And when they're not, it, it's OK. You know, it's still, so entertaining. Even, it's still entertaining. Like. So I, I don't know. That's I, I I guess I'm just saying I, I I appreciate the the way they're trying to reformat things, and I specifically to bring it back to She-Hulk appreciate what they've done with this show, and I'm really excited to see where She-Hulk winds up fitting in in the larger scale of things going forward. Exactly. And um, one one brief thing I wanted to mention before we we wrap it up was she when she's drunk when Jen is drunk at the wedding she does try to call Bruce. And yes, catch up does. with him. And she mentioned right. she hasn't heard from him, but we know Bruce is on his way to Sakaar and stuff like that and whatever's there. So they're not forgetting that. And it's still keeping me like anticipating what the hell is going to be next for, for Bruce Banner for the, for the Incredible Hulk. So they're not forgetting about it. I think it was just a yeah. little quick reminder. And their relationship is fun because, like, the way they see each other, Jen called, they call each other names and playful stuff and things like that. I imagine they. Had a great kid relationship and stuff like that yeah. growing up. I was yeah, gonna he say, probably picked on her or whatever. It's what I imagine it would feel like if you grew up in a healthy, loving household and family, and you had it, and you had siblings and and cousins and stuff, and and you become adults and you still have that healthy, antagonistic, playful relationship. That's you know that that's how I imagine it feels. That like that 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 is how it feels. What their relationship is. So it seems real to me. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's fun, and I hope they just continue to explore that <clears throat> moving forward. So, all right, well, that pretty much wraps it up for this week's episode. Uh, again, if you like what you heard this week, uh, go ahead. If you're joining us on Facebook, hit subscribe. I'm sorry, join the uh, Granny's Peach Tea Facebook group as well. Got a bunch of stuff that doesn't make the show, uh, you know, that we talk about on a daily basis. So do that. Also, join Pop Culture Pros group as well because that's who we're presented by popculturepros.com uh if you're joining us on youtube hit subscribe to pop culture pros and tons of different types of fun whatever you're looking for in pop culture it's on there uh twitter at pop culture pros and follow that as well uh and wherever you find your podcast subscribe to pop culture pros uh we will be back next week talking about she hulk turning at law episode seven we'll be talking about episode five of star girl and I know we had mentioned it last week, but yes, we will get around to the animated MC, the rare animated MCU film 
that because they only did like a very hand less than a handful of these, but they yeah, did the Planet Hulk. Yeah, so, there's not a lot of them, and we're gonna do Planet Hulk. We're gonna do it this week, but shorter show. We have to. It's a Sunday, man. You know, weddings yeah. happen. Uh, <laughs> but I'm excited to get into Planet Hulk. I, I remember liking that when I saw it. Yeah, no, I remember it being top quality, and a lot of people wondering, like, damn, why isn't Marvel doing more animated stuff? Like, because DC knocks it out of the park with their animated stuff. Marvel just never really, yeah, Marvel, it seems like Marvel Studios is going to be doing more animated stuff, but, like, this is during an era where they had, like, nothing. It was just, like, here's a random Planet Hulk movie. And I remember really liking it, so I'm excited to to get a chance to check it out this week. So, um, all right, well, we'll, we'll see you next week. And peace.